FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Welcome to episode 263 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm just thinking. Why the hesitance? I'm thinking. No, we're 13 episodes ahead of 250. We haven't done it yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> guys, y'all, you guys, you've been busy. I promise you that we'll, we'll get there before 275. <laughs> I'm hoping before 270. I'm thinking maybe over Thanksgiving break. When? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say. Was, we may just not be able to do the live track. We may just have to watch it in pieces so we can get it done. And take notes and talk about it. I don't know if we have time just to, to watch the whole movie. <laughs> as pathetic as that sounds, I just... I don't know if we have the time to do it together. Because it's... You and me on the same, on the same time. Right. One of us can do it, and the other one can do it later, but... But then, it, then how are you, like, mushing well, yeah, them no, together? That doesn't work as a podcast. I'm just saying we have that kind of time. Separately. Right. Together. <laughs> we don't even have time for, our, for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag toddler life, guys. Hashtag. Or an 11-year-old on top of that. So. I was going to say, an 11-year-old in middle school with tuba and band and basketball and baseball and... Yeah. All which is great. So if he's upstairs in his bed listening to us, we which love all is. that stuff. <laughs> That's not a complaint. It's just, you know, other stuff has to go away sometimes. And so and the podcast has been one of those things. Yeah. And we also have family that live in town. Right. So, you know, as the holidays approach, we sort of get dictated what we're going to do. <laughs> that sounds terrible. But it's we true. <laughs> but yes, sometimes plans are made for us. And that's just part of having a big family. Yeah. So. We wouldn't change it for the world. Not at all. But some of our listeners might. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they can wave a magic wand. Um. But I wouldn't like a date night. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That actually is, you know, us getting dressed up and going, leaving the house. For more than an hour? For more than 10 minutes. (laughs) Oh, whatever. Yes, for more than an hour. Yes. Well, you know, a a couple can dream. (sighs) Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Wolverine and lots of comics. Oh my goodness. I didn't read all those. No, you don't have to read all these. Are you doing all of those right now? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to that, we have some some other things to talk about. Uh, Some theories, if you will. Oh. Yeah. What are we theorizing about? So Andrew, friend of the show, had a theory. Ooh, I like Andrew's theories. Yeah, and it relates back to legacy number one. But it also relates to this current story, The Orphans of X. Lay it on me. Yeah, so The Orphans of X talks about that old soul, the uh, Mirumasa blade. Right. Which can cut through adamantium, and which, you know, we know in an upcoming cover may or may not cut through Laura's claws. Right. Anyway, he was thinking about how Wolverine Logan got out of his adamantium encasing. Oh. And he was wondering if maybe someone got a hold of the sword. And, and like can opener? Yeah. I Which like I think it. is intriguing because if so, who did it? And, you know, I know we're kind of led to believe maybe there's a connection between the Infinity Gems because he finds one in that story, right? <gasps> but. Hey, where is your one where Jean Grey goes to, like, the empty, like, it's the adamantium. Is it sliced? Well, it's, like, cracked in half, but it could be sliced. It's literally like an egg hatched, kind of. So someone could have, like, 
like smashed it from the top just enough for Wolverine to like heal and get his hands out and like possibly break open. Or maybe they cut it in half and he heals himself back together from the inside. I, I don't know. I mean, hmm. but it's intriguing. It's an intriguing thought. Because. And it would tie Wolverine lore into the story, which I like. But I thought his healing factor was gone because of the stupid ass- multiverse. I would assume all the microverse. Whatever. I would assume all that died. Or they <laughs> just are ignoring it. <laughs> Which is not a bad. We play. had to turn your healing factor back on so we could stay alive, right? Because didn't they have a reason for turning it off? Well, the the little nano things turned it off, right? But they had a reason for turning it off, like his healing factor was rejecting them or something to that. I think eventually his healing factor would kick him out. Well, so we'll assume that uh, in the time he's been sitting in the animanium, that's what happened. Okay. And Jason Aaron may have something completely different cooked up, but I think it's a cool theory. It is a cool theory that the blade was used to like slice him out. Yeah. So, so we dig it, Andrew. We'll see what happens as as time wears on, and it's still interesting to see where Logan actually comes back. Though I'm beginning to think that my suggestion is not going to hold up. I forgot. What was your suggestion? My suggestion was that Laura and Gabby and Jonathan, the unstoppable Wolverine, keep following in Wolverine, and that when Logan comes back, he doesn't don the Wolverine mantle right away, and just regular Logan, like just Logan, replaces old man Logan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that would be fun. But I'm curious because... Tom Taylor is writing X-Men Red and they've revealed some of the cast of that book and Laura and Gabby are both on that team. Uh-huh. And so I'm wondering if Taylor is going to continue to write both books so he can kind of control how they interact or if that means that all new Wolverine is coming to an end <gasps> fairly soon. Mm. Haven't heard anything either way, like any official rumors. I'm just... I'm wondering if her place on that team, and especially with Gabby also being on the team, right? If if that means that you know, Logan will go ahead and get a Wolverine solo book back, and and Laura will be uh, relegated to just a, a team book. Which I mean, as long as we still get her, and as long as Taylor's still writing her, that's you know better than nothing. But yeah, I'm kind of but... hoping they could coexist for a while as Wolverine. Yeah, well, and I really enjoyed having a female book with a very strong right female presence yeah we're talking about that some more as we go this episode too okay well why don't we just move right in because that stack of comics is not getting any smaller (laughs) well you don't have to stay for the whole time so you're off the hook oh okay yeah but speaking of friends of the show we have a new friend of the show who (gasps) left me a facebook message um, I posted on the page, and I hope I say this right. So I apologize if I don't. But I think it's Aaron Ackerman. That's my. It seems to be the most straightforward way to pronounce him. But you know, sometimes people have different names. It could be like Aaron, or I don't know. But I'm gonna go with Aaron Ackerman. So Aaron, if I'm saying your name wrong, correct me because I apologize. But if I'm saying it right, then woohoo! <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, anyway, so Aaron uh, posted on the page. He said, uh, just found the podcast last week and I can't get enough. Aww. Double snicked. Well done. Thank you for doing this for us Wolverine fans. And that was a very cool message. And thank you, Aaron. Um, welcome to the Snicked family. And hope that you continue to enjoy the show. Um, we a family. I was going to sing Depeche Mode, just can't get enough. Oh. But, um, <laughs> but either way, um, it works. Um, but anyway, Aaron, uh, like I said, I responded. I'm super glad you found us and hope that you continue to enjoy the show and feel free to interact as much or a little as you want. Um, but interaction is always welcome. So if you have anything you want to say, you know, just uh, put it on the Facebook page or tweet at us or whatever. And, um, you know, we'll respond accordingly. Love hearing, you know, like the theory that Andrew laid out. Love hearing stuff like that. Or, you know, how much you agree or disagree with our claw rating. <laughs> what? What? She's always drinking water, folks. 
Nothing but water in that glass. Just, just the way he said, the way we agree and disagree. It just made me think, I wonder if he's listening to the ones where you're like, I love it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's horrible. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you and I can't even get on the same page sometimes. So we certainly don't expect listeners to always be on the same page as either of us. But um, no, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, anyway, I'm just, I just thank you, Aaron, for the kind words and um, appreciate you listening and new listener. And you know, and it is for the fans. I mean, I do this because I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. And I love kind of the different facets of the show. You know, I have the episodes of you and the episodes of Dan and Georgie. I, in theory, have flashback episodes. <laughs> we haven't done one in quite a while. Um, but, you know, that's one another one of those scheduling snafus that hasn't quite worked itself out. But, um, but anyway, but I love all the kind of the various kinds of episodes we do. And um, I think I Georgie and Dan are missing me. Just saying. Oh, yeah. No, I think they would love, and I think you would probably love, too, to do a show of all of us together if we can ever make it work. Unfortunately, since yeah. Ollie refuses to take naps <laughs> during podcast time, um, we haven't been able to pull everybody together quite yet. But um, anyway, enough of that. But, but, but in addition to doing it, because I just love it and love having fun, because I love Wolverine, I do hope that it can be a place that Wolverine fans can come and kind of have common ground and... I don't have any delusions of grandeur on my Facebook page ever being like, you know, Kenny X-Cast page where like there's a, you know, ton of fans on there all talking about stuff. But I would love for the page to take on a life of its own. So, you know, I guess if you're listening to this and you know Wolverine fans and maybe they don't listen or haven't had a chance to try it or don't even know about the show. Share you know, it. Yeah, let them know about it. Maybe, who knows, maybe they can be friends of the show and we can all be friends together because that's I mean that's what I love most about this is the friends I've made doing the podcast and so Aaron I hope you stick around and you know we can get to be friends too awesome Wolverine buddies Wolverine yeah. buddies <laughs> yeah but anyway enough saccharine stuff just just wanted to say thanks Aaron for the kind words and hope you continue to enjoy the show alright but let's talk about some comics shall we Let's do it. Longest intro ever. <laughs> and we've gone longer. Yeah, we have. About nothing. About nothing, yes. <laughs> Aaron, I hope you're used to that part of the show by now. I <laughs> hope you enjoy that part. But we Our always banter. eventually get to Wolverine. What? We do? Yeah. Eventually. Are we just Bantor? Bantor, yes. Bantor. With a no. But we do always eventually get to Wolverine. And I think it's about time. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So, first up. Continuum, continuum, what is that a word? That's not a word. Continuum? Space-time continuum. No, you have but to say it like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> a nerd confession? Never really cared for Next Generation. What? I know. This <gasps> is a contention for almost everybody I know. Oh. I'm on, I feel like I'm on an island with that. No, the the problem is. Okay, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I didn't watch it when it was on. It is not a good show to go back and try to watch. No, no. Because it doesn't hold up very well. No, no, but. So if you don't have the nostalgia, I don't know what you're left with. That's what I'm saying. But out of the whole, is that the only one? Like out of the whole sort of. No, I never watched anything. Like I. Growing up, I watched the the TOS, the original series. Uh-huh. Like, probably seen all those episodes multiple times. Okay. And I watched the movies up to five, I think, and then I kind of bailed. Um, so you never watched, like, Voyager nope. and <laughs> Enterprise? And I saw a little bit of Enterprise. That's the one with Quantum Leap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Scott Bakula. Yeah. Bakula's Dracula's. <laughs> um, which should be a show. I don't know why it's not. Um Someone get on that. Uh, but no, I just, you know, part of it was Next Generation came out when I was in high school and I just had other things I'd rather do. I wasn't watching a lot of TV at that time, just in general. It was like all I watched. I was, you know, now I'm a loser <laughs> and I, all I do is watch TV. <laughs> our DVR is full. We'll yeah, probably watch TV after this. <laughs> no, our DVR would be full. Luckily, we bumped up to the DirecTV Maxi. Oh, yeah. Maximum capacity DVR. So we <laughs> we have, have DVR for days. We have like a season's worth of like 
a hundred shows and it's only fifteen percent full. <laughs> it could probably keep us going long enough in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. We yeah. can we can outwatch the zombie apocalypse just watching our D V R. That's right. <laughs> Like it would start, we just wait it out, it would end, and we'd, we'd be caught up on our shows finally. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, in high school and college, didn't watch much TV. So. I have to say, the only thing I couldn't get behind was Voyager. All right. That one was hard for me to get behind. I don't know why. It always seems slow-paced. Anyway. Most Trek stuff seems slow-paced to me. But it's funny, because I am in the definitely in the minority in that the Abrams films kind of reinvigorated my... Ah, uh, oh. Yeah, see, a oh. lot of Trekking purists don't like them. What? Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I, did. I like them quite a bit. Well, we haven't watched the third one yet. Yeah, but... We own it, but we haven't watched it yet. Again, who has two hours <laughs> together for us to sit down and watch a movie? No, but I have to say that I get when you're a Trekkie purist, certain things don't appeal to you, but the way he put it together and gave little twists and nuances, because I remember when we sat in the theater, yeah. I was like, yeah, this isn't how it starts. This is George, he's still alive, but he's rolling in his grave anyway. Why? I, he doesn't, I don't think he cares for these. Uh, and, when we get on Star Trek? Vocal, no, I, I just oh. think he's vocally not an Abrams fan. I'm sorry, Georgie. No, that's fine. We all I love like different them. things. Anyway, I just love the little twists and turns. But let's get back to our comics. Yes. How did we get off of this? It's just what we do, <laughs> especially when I'm in a good mood. <laughs> all right. Well. You're obviously in a good mood all the time. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> now. Anyway, all new Wolverine number 26 continues our or. That's what happened. We got stuck on the word continue. <laughs> so let's not do it again. <laughs> It continues our Orphans of X story, part two. And I've been enjoying the story so far. So, this comic is written by Tom Taylor, art by Juan Cabal, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VC's Corey Pettit, and the cover is by the Dodsons. And I love this cover. What do you think about this cover? So it's basically, oh, before you tell me what you think, let me describe it. Then you can chime in. Um, is Wolverine missing her jacket, unfortunately? Running in the, through the snow. snow. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I love the color. She's running away from a building, a facility. There's a crowd of soldiers, like in black shadow, running out of the doorway and a little bit far behind her. I just, I think everything about this cover is pretty great. What do you think? <laughs> it reminds me of the Netflix TV show, The Mist. Or it's on Netflix. Netflix didn't produce it, though. Right. You're watching it on Netflix currently. Uh, yeah, I'm done Separately with it. For me. Oh, it, wow. Oh, but it got <laughs> cut short. You were telling me. It was yeah. the whole conversation we had. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it starts in the mountains in the snow yeah. with the mist. Yeah. What was that movie where they all get stuck? At, not Cabin in the Woods, but the one where they eat each other in the cabin in the snow? <laughs> I, I don't mean I, sexy eat each other. I mean like <laughs> cannibal eat each other. I don't know. Oh, it was some they, guy like, had a beard. And I don't sorry, know, I didn't watch it. Pri- not primal, not Primus. That'd be a fun movie. Primus in the <laughs> cabin in the woods. Primus in the woods. <laughs> yeah, Primus in the woods. No, I don't remember. It was like they're like it's like a plague, but then it turns out the twist is like it's alien something. Spoilers on the movie that I can't title, so you can't watch. Um, <laughs> All right, let's get back to the inside. Yeah, inside. All right, so remember last time there's a team of people, orphans of X, who are basically people that you know we're doing a legacy story. So these people, survivors of Wolverine's legacy, and they were killed by different Wolverine characters. And they're this, they have, you know, they're trying to track down the remaining Wolverines and get revenge. And they captured Dawkin. Yeah, they captured Dawkin and cut off the poor guy's arm again. You just can't hold on to that arm. No. So our comic book starts out, we're in a dark room, and you see some feet on a sort of medical table. And then it pans over to a tray of tool, bloody tools. Torture tools. Yeah, there's like Jigsaw a... Jigsaw style. Box cutter and looks like some... Uh, 
My favorite is the meat tenderizer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Looks like a torch. Some other crazy instruments. And then we see who's on the table, but... Dawkin! And with his missing one arm. Yeah, and his junk squared up. I can't see (laughs) it. I was going to say, it's like... Austin Powers perfectly <laughs> positioned. But at the same but, time, there's like a meat hook there. Like, I don't want that anywhere near my stuff. But it also, like, the way it curves. Oh, yeah. It looks <laughs> like he's about to. It was like, yeah. Bad things are about to happen to poor little Dawkin. Um, little Dawkin, little not Dawkin. big Dawkin. <laughs> yes. Little Dawkin. Oh, man. Anyway. anyway, there's tough talk about how the person who just tortured you really hates you, but I hate you more. So I'm going to be even twice as hard. Right. And what do you think of the Orphanate X mask? Mask. Mask. They remind me of Cyclops masks. A little bit in the latest incarnation before yeah. he died. Yeah. 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 Very similar, but pretty cool. Visually striking. And so he says, we're going to take off the other arm, see how long it takes to grow back. And of course, guy makes big mistake. Big mistake. He He holds his his arm down right right under the palm. And Dawkins shoots his claw out through the guy's hand. The guy goes screaming and Dawkins just takes the other two claws that come out the top side of his hand and... Right. Hey salad spin yeah. that stuff but i love the sequence also because this guy keeps saying you know we haven't been able to break you 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 maintained your composure through all this torture i'm gonna get a scream out of you i'm gonna hear something and after Dawkins stabs him in the head he goes you hear that it <laughs> <laughs> was really great <laughs> it was really great so he pulls his bloody hand away gets off the table He's like i'll take this and grabs the guy's clothes then we go back to, where are they? The home of Megan and Debbie, which are Laura's aunt and cousin. And if you remember, we ended off where Laura found her mom. Yeah. And so now they've cleaned mom up, and she's being checked out by Beast. Yeah, he's giving her the old once-over, and she can't really remember what happened. She remembers that after Laura, quote-unquote, killed her, she was rescued by people, um, which I thought this was kind of interesting and maybe a little hole in the story, but I think maybe intentionally, so we'll see where it goes. But when Laura killed her mom, or, you know, under the trigger scent, it was at the facility. And I would I would say, yeah, like all the people working there would hate Wolverine, but I wouldn't think that everyone who worked at the facility at that time was a survivor of a Wolverine violence. No. It seems like the people that found her are the same people that are hunting the wolverines now. And so that's the part that's a little sketchy, but I trust Taylor to kind of bring it all together because he's a great writer. So right. we'll see what he does with Well, that. and we're not even 100% sure where these orphans, of, like there has to be some leader to the orphans of X. Right, right. So is it him going, is, is the leader the leader of who created Laura? Or an offshoot or someone who worked there and was like, you messed up this facility when you left. So maybe just like a couple of people found her and then they recruited the Orphans of Exile. Right. All right. That make, I can get behind that. That makes sense. I love this art, though, of her seeing the reflection of herself in the coffee, like in the containment center. Yeah. It's really And cool. getting lost. Although, as much as I drink coffee, I've never seen my reflection in a cup of coffee. Well, I think it's psychological. I don't think she really sees that in the coffee. Okay. Anyway, they have some touching family reunion moments. I do love how Gabby's fascinated with her because I feel like that's going (laughs) to blow up in Gabby's face. Maybe, but I love Gabby here, though, because she's like, "Uh, we're going to start by binge-watching eight movies where princesses smash the patriarchy and we're going to braid Jonathan's hair. And Jonathan's like... And but she's like, you're gonna be my mom. <laughs> but I also like how she asked Beast, "Can I braid your hair too?" Yeah, and he's like, "I'm out." <laughs> See that ya. Is, that is never going to happen. <laughs> uh, then we go back to Duncan. He puts on the guy who's been torturing him. He puts on his clothes and decides yeah. he's gonna so kind of wander around. Well, he's gonna figure out where he is and right. try to escape. 
But he he leaves the torture basement and comes up to an apartment. Apartment, maybe or a like nice Mr. House. Rogers. Yeah, house? very like just sunny suburban. You know, pictures of dogs, artwork on the wall. It's like our house. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, and there's someone watching TV on a big ass TV. Yeah, a giant TV with hexagons on the screen for some reason. I think maybe that's the lens, but um, but what are they watching on TV? What what fine program? They're watching Laura and Gabby. Yeah, through the eyes of ah, <gasps> Laura's mom. Yeah, interesting. I'm very curious because we don't, and I'm not spoiling anything from this issue because we get no indication either way. No, I'm really curious whether she knows, like the like mom knows, in on it, like the mom's in on it, or. If they gave implants in her eyes and she has no idea they're watching through her, like she's being used. So I'm really curious to see how that plays out. I almost feel like she doesn't know. I'm curious if it's even really her. her or if it's like a clone. Because Beast says everything checks out, but a clone would also check out. But they also said that she didn't age. Right, right. So, so that could pan out like they cloned her. Right. And it took that long to grow up. Yeah, possibly, or just, you know, whatever, yeah. Uh, so lots of different options on the table there. Um, but Dawkins off the table, and he sees Laura on the screen, and this woman but, turns around, she's like, Ian? But the doggies give it away. There's two Rottweilers. Well, and also she sees <laughs> there's no arm in that suite. <laughs> and she's got a gun, and she starts shooting, and the dogs start chasing So more talk with the family. They talk about the Muramusa blade. Um, yeah, so... some doc in history about, you know, the, his claws at one point were removed. Uh, Wolverine buried him with pieces of the blade. Yeah, and uh, Laura is the only one who knows. Yeah, where they are. And so Laura decides that... And here's why I kind of was not sure, because she goes, well, do you know where they're buried? Right. She's like, I don't know. That could just be a natural question. Right. Like, or it could you. be. Or it could be fishing for answers so that the people spying can try to beat them to it. So I, it really, Tom Taylor does a really good job because it really could go either way. Yeah. So Laura decides that she needs to do something. So she calls Carol. Yeah. From The Walking Dead. No. No. no Carol Danvers. She goes, I have a favor to ask. It's a big one. Bigger than that. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, so unfortunately, Dawkins has to fight some dogs, which I don't like. Some of these dogs don't get it too good in the end. Yeah. Um, but there's all these cars. <laughs> Dawkins is like, oh, come on. <laughs> and they open fire. Um, so some poor little doggies get shot. Then Dawkins throws a Rottweiler through the open window of a car into the driver's seat. The dog eats the dude. Well, hang on. Why do you think the dog is getting shot? Is that not Dawkins' blood? I guess it could be, but it looks like well, entry wounds. Because he picks up the dog. and yeah, That is the same dog, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and hurls him in to, so the dog can bite the guy uh, maybe, shooting. I hope, maybe it's Dawkins' blood. He can heal. I hope it's his blood. I don't want any yeah. more doggies to get shot. I don't think the doggies got yeah. shot. I'm on the side of the doggies didn't even shoot. I'm I'm down with that. I'm on the positive side. (laughs) So, interestingly, very interesting, I thought, is that our family scene gets interrupted by this gunfire. Yep. Yeah, so they're in the same neighborhood. So that means all these orphans of X have been... Hmm. Were they already there, or did they move in? No, they had to have set this up, kind of, like, moved in, surrounded... Laura's only known family. Yeah. It was supposed to be safe and unknown, so I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out, too. Yeah. A lot, you know, it's really funny because the book doesn't play like a giant mystery, but there's lots of little mysteries yeah. in here. Um, Laura decides she's going to go check it out, so she tells Gabby to protect the family. Yep. And Gabby, the first is like, no, I want to go. And then she's like, all right, go. Snick, snicked. Yep. Big double snicked. And then Laura sees the car that Dawkins has escaped in right. coming around the corner. 
and Dawkin. Well, first she doesn't know who it is, so she jumps on top and stabs it, and she's like, Dawkin? Then he slams on the brake, she jumps off, and he's like, they're right behind me. And I love this scene, or this panel, because he looks in the rearview mirror, and you see his eye and him looking, and there's nothing there. And Laura's like, what's going on? And Dawkins like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> to be continued. So, obviously he's all shot up. So they were really there. Right. Well, and he has the but, gun. Yeah. But when he sped around the corner, they didn't follow. So either they knew he was right. going to encounter Wolverine or, you know, I'm not sure. Are we Are we supposed to assume that this black car is... Like, going after him? That's what it seems like. They're shooting after the car. Okay. And we see them lined up there, the three cars. So, yeah, they they obviously know where she lives. They're like, "Ah, I can't go down that street. Can't blow our cover yet, basically, is what it kind of feels like. All right, what do you think? I find it interesting. That was a really good comic. Yeah, there's enough twists and turns to keep me intrigued and interested. Yeah, no, I thought it was exceptionally well written. Um, Some good lines, good dialogue. Um, Very interested, like you said, intrigued is a good word, like you said, for this story. Just very, very curious. Uh, Only Wolverine continues to be one of the best books on the shelves. Um, So I'm going to go ahead. I know we normally talk about the arts individually separately but i'm going to say i'm going to give this five out of six claws i I really like the art didn't quite love it all the way through there's definitely a lot of it i did love yeah but it wasn't perfectly in my style so that's the only reason it's not a six i love the art a little more i could have easily given this a six but I agree. There are certain parts that I kind of felt were a, a hair on the sloppy side. It's not really that because I love like a lot of it. I love. They're just a little bit like not crazy about his depiction of Gabby. Yeah. Um. But well, that's nitpicky. But there's oh, there's a one panel where um, like the panel where Laura's mom is kind of just standing. Some of that is a little. I don't know. It's it's. I just feel like it's rushed. Like the Possibly. panel with Wolverine and Dawkins like squaring off. Right. I feel like he spent a lot of time and a lot of just time. Time's the best way to describe it. Right. You know, getting it all perfect. And then these are like, well, it's just the mom standing there. <laughs> it's just Gabby leaning on the counter. Yeah. You know, but but yeah. then there's panels like I love Dawkins. With the dogs, like yeah, like around him is a good perspective shot. Yeah, um, and Dawkins' face, the detail on his face when he lifts the hood off, yeah, is great. And we talked about the rear view mirror scene, um, and even him standing there, like yeah, it's just I feel a lot like, of really really great art. I feel but, like I could almost tell where he was like, these are my favorites <laughs> and these are my not so favorites. Maybe so. But I, I, too, give it a five out of six. I think it's great. I, Like I said, the fact that I feel like I could tell the, the scenes where he spent a lot of time working on the character uh, was great. And then the other ones I just kind of felt were ho-hum. All right. Fair enough. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about Laura uh, appears in Hawkeye number 12. The best there is. Play on the... Uh, Wolverine catchphrase. So this, is, of course, is written by Kelly Thompson, art by Michael Walsh, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, uh, designed by Manny Medeiros, and the cover is by Julian Totino Tedesco. I love this cover. Very sketchy. Uh, Hawkeye and Wolverine at a coffee table or at a cafe table with hoods around. Actually, I guess it's a bar because there's a pool table and stuff and bar stools. But it's very simply colored, very sketchy, um, almost like, you know, rough pencils. Are Um, they eating salads with hot sauce? No, some kind of, maybe nachos. I don't know. Something. Oh, yeah, hot wings. She's got a hot wing. Yeah, she's got a hot wing. 
Anyway, what do you think of this cover? Okay, you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> okay. I absolutely love... No, I'm going to laugh at you. I absolutely love the cover. However, I am not digging the headline font at all. The logo? Yeah. Oh, I love the logo. I, yeah, I feel like the H is a squid. No, it's an arrow. And a no. bullseye and a magnifying glass on the E. Yeah. I'm not digging it. I'm Pshaw. sorry. Maybe if it wasn't pink. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe if it was a darker green or a gray. It's got to pop off of the background. A brown. I don't know. I just, I'm not digging it. You're the designer. I'll defer to you, but I disagree. <laughs> no, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I, right. There's a lot of times I talk to some of my artists and I go, I'm not digging it. And this is why I, this is, this is what my eye goes to. And it just, it's not compelling to me. Yeah. And I tell them they can change it or they can not. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So we start off with Kate um, is following up a lead at a bar called the, what is it called? The Fluttering Horde. Yeah. Before she gets there, Wolverine Laura comes crashing out the window. And <laughs> we start off with just the great Kelly Sue, or not Kelly Sue, uh, Kelly Thompson writing. Um, is that, hey, Wolverine, you good? And she growls. And Kate's like, uh, gonna guess that's Wolverine for no. <laughs> as we get a double snick, as Laura goes back in the bar, uh, Kate peers in. I love this panel of the breakdown of everything she sees. We have regular size Wolverine, tiny Wolverine, and literal Wolverine? <laughs> question mark. Delicious nachos. <laughs> Anyway, it's just really lovely weapons. Yeah, with the dartboard, um, ridiculous goggles, guy in a weird costume. Just, I love love this kind of thing about the Hawkeye book. Um, so anyway, she goes in. She's gonna help Laura and Gabby fight the bad guys, but non-lethally, she says. So, you know, Laura tells Gabby, "Kick gloves." They take out the bad guys that are gonna scram for the police get there. Um, I love that Jonathan and Lucky hit it off. Uh, Lucky is Hawkeye's dog. Um, and they get back to her office. Uh, <laughs> just, this book's so fun for me. Um, I love how before they go back to the office, they're like, hey, five O's coming. So um, if we get stopped, Jonathan's a dog. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Hawkeye offers uh, Gabby a soda, but she's like, oh, all I have is water. And frozen peas. <laughs> yeah. Which that's a running gag in this book. She always takes the frozen peas for her bruises. Right. Um, anyway, they talk about basically they're after the same person, that Laura and Gabby are after this person that might have been involved in cloning Gabby. And, you know, if you've been reading Hawkeye, we just came off the story where Madame Mask uh, cloned Kate. And yeah. So it turns out this guy's kind of, you know, double dipping. So now he's got both after him. We're going to have a nice, fun team up. Um. <laughs> I love how she says, let's get in a costume or, you know, give me five minutes. And they're right. like, you got three. Yeah. And then the next page is four minutes later. And she's like hopping to like get her shoes on. And she's right. like, wow, what? I'm not going to ask where you hide those. Yeah. Wolverine and Gabby are fully dressed. So 40 minutes later, they find the guy that they're looking for, but he gasses them, captures them. Uh, I love the scene of them hanging upside down where Laura's like, well, so we have some plans. I can chop off my feet. That's going to hurt really bad. Right. Won't hurt for Gabby, though. Well, yeah, no pain receptors, so she's fine. Uh, but Hawkeye's like, I got another plan. So she gets them loose with a bobby pin and a exposed control panel. Yeah. A little MacGyvery, but that's kind of this book. That's not so. even MacGyvery. That's <laughs> Do you know how hard she has to throw that thing to make it do anything? Right. But she is Hawkeye. Okay. Mm, anyway, we get a nice double page spread of fighting a clone army. Where's Waldo? I love this page. So we see kind of Gabby and Wolverine and Hawkeye kind of float through the scene. And your eye follows a dialogue in like kind of a Z pattern. I actually loved when I was reading it. You know, I read it 
from left to right. And then I went, I don't know. Oh, I'm, oh, I go this way with it. Like the eye naturally. And the beauty of that is the way it's drawn. Yes. The way these guys, the, they're fallen or their, their arm is pushed. It makes your eye follow the right pattern to read the context on the page. No. It's, it's amazing. not only a well-drawn page, but a very well-designed page. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, they take out the guys um, and tie them up and duct tape. I love Kate's letter. It's awesome. Should I say sincerely or with love? Wolverine's like, I like with love. It's classy. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Let's just, let's just read this little letter real fast because it's really funny. It says, Dear LAPD, my name is Jacob Damon and I'm a criminal asshat trying to start an illegal cloning operation in your fair city. On the attached drive and duct tape nearby is tons of evidence against me. Please arrest me ASAP so I can do no further harm to the people of Los Angeles. <laughs> that was really funny. I love, I'm sorry. I just, I love the word asshat. Yes. I, and maybe it's a supernatural thing because they <laughs> use it like every other word. Right. So when I hear it, I think of supernatural and that makes me giddy and happy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm always like, teehee, she said asshat. Yeah. So the, the team up is officially over, but they're still kind of hanging out. And they talk about gossip, which I thought was really fun. Like, they're just hanging out and being friends. Yeah, they're so, being girls. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And um, they get back, and Laura's like, dude, I'll help you whenever you need. She's like, I do need help, but I need I need to go somewhere else. He's like, all right, right cool. Well, if you need me, let me know. And she tells Lucky, all right, I'm going to bite the bullet. She makes a phone call. We know what's coming. But she's like, oh, you're already here. And it's Clint. Yay. Yay. Reunited. And it feels so good. I've been I've been loving this Hawkeye book, but I've been missing them being together. Which I know means nothing to Denise. But No. <laughs> but for me, this page is very exciting. And the fact that we have a, a storyline coming up with them together um, again is just super exciting. So I love the art and love the book. And I think that what what was most amazing to me is Kelly Thompson. Like, this didn't feel like a forced Wolverine guest appearance. No. Because the tone of Laura and Gabby was so similar to how Taylor is writing them in All New Wolverine that it almost felt as much like Hawkeye was guesting in a Wolverine book. Yeah. As the other way around. And they were just very, I don't know, just very organic and together and worked really well. And I love Thompson's sense of humor with Kate. Um, so this is your first time to read Hawkeye. What did you think? I liked it. And it's like you said, um, I didn't feel like I was reading a different writer because, you know, the, there's a scene where Kate's making, you know, inappropriate jokes about clones and, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. the we panel see. goes over and they're just staring at her like deadpan. And that's exactly what they would do right. in their book if yeah. something like that happened. And so, yeah, it was just, it was nice to see them as them and not, you know, oh, I'm going to make them funny and kind of giddy over it. Right. And, you know, and I loved at the end when, you know, Hawkeye tells Wolverine, you know, hey, Gabby's a good kid. And Wolverine goes, yeah, she's changed my life. Because Laura may or may not, I can't remember, have admitted it in all new Wolverine that Gabby has changed her life. But we as a reader know that she has. Right. And so hearing or reading Laura acknowledge that was like, yeah, she has. You know, it was just... It was nice. Yeah. No, I, Thompson definitely gets the characters. And you feel like she's been reading all new Wolverine. Yes. Either that or her and Taylor just talk all the time. Right. But, I mean, it, it almost felt like, hey, I'm a fan of what's going on in this book. I have a chance to use these characters. I'm going to just knock it out of the park. Yeah. So, And I, I love this art. It's very kind of indie style, um, but Walsh has been doing a great job in this book. It reminds me of Scooby-Doo. Wow. I'm sorry, but I, I mean that in a very I don't think <laughs> wonderful way. It's not okay. in a bad way. Right. It's just that like it's, it's cartoony, if that's yeah. what you mean. Yeah, that's the style for sure. It's so. cartoony, but there's something simplistically beautiful about yes 
Scooby-Doo, right. you know? And Bel Air's colors, oh my goodness. Well, and that was the other reason why I thought it was Scooby-Doo-ish, because Scooby-Doo uses the bright, beautiful colors, but mixed with these muddled tones to give you that the right mood when you need it. Right. So, yeah. I'm, right. When I say Scooby-Doo, it's not in a bad, bad way. Because I think I described another com- a Wolverine comic book as Scooby-Doo, and it, it was in a bad <laughs> right. way. Yeah. It, but this isn't. The scale of Scooby can tip both ways. Yes. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Um, With his tail. We need t-shirts. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so, how much did you like this? What are you going to give Hawkeye number 12? I'm going to give it five out of six. Right. I'm going to give it six out of six claws. I had a heck of a good time with it. All right, so next up is Old Man Logan, number 30, written by Ed Brisson. Mike Diodato Jr. does the art. Colors are by Frank Martin, Andre Mosa, and Chris Sotomayor. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Diodato and Martin do the cover. Um, on the cover, we have Old Man Logan and Hawkeye being blasted by an explosion. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, so this is Days of Anger Part 6. What? Is this the end? Finally, the story is over. Is it really? Yeah, it is. We start Scarlet Samurai next time. So anyway, what happens here? Remember, uh, the maestro got these hulks from the wastelands and was going to try to nuke the world. Yeah, he basically, it starts off, he's just, he convinces them to come with him. Because uh, they have no family, right. no one to go back to. Uh, then we go back to our fight scene where we have Maestro, Hawkeye, and Wolverine, and what's her name? Old Man Logan and Malachi and oh yeah, Joel or whatever. I don't remember. Anyway, um, they just fight, and the the kid who's got the canist the nuclear weapon, right. Hawkeye shoots the weapon. It blows up. That's a great page. That's the page. only page. That's nice. Aww. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. We, we've disagreed pretty much this whole story on Diodato's art. Um, anyway, yeah, big blow down. Uh, Maestro fights Old Man Logan, crushes him with the truck. He's like, oh, finally, the Old Man Logan, I remember. Well, and Logan thinks Hawkeye died. Yes, again. Yeah. Hawkeye died. And I love, they actually lift... The McNiven art of when Hawkeye gets shot in the original Old Man Logan. Yeah. So it's really nice. And it doesn't look too out of place. No. So, so yeah, he goes kind of old man berserk. Um, Maestro tries to take it out on the Hulks that betrayed him, but the other kids are like, no, you betrayed us. So then we get a nice page of Old Man Logan slashed in Maestro. They fight some more. Uh, Maestro runs off. Like a scared kitty cat. Yeah. I love the end of this. Uh, Hawkeye and Old Man Logan talking as they kind of walk into the sunset. That's my favorite part of this whole story in these last two pages. Yeah, but what's with the truck? Oh, it just drives by them. It's just scenery. They're walking alongside the road and a truck drives by. Oh, I... Do you know how long I stared at that panel and went, am I supposed to know that there's something special with this truck? Like, why Why do we have a panel with a truck zooming by? Like, Right. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting the way Brisson ties this all together that, you know, Hawkeye's like, well, I killed our banner. No, he's not dead. Shh, don't tell him. <gasps> um, no man Logan's like, oh, well, I, I killed the other banner, and now there's this other banner. Uh <laughs> Banners, banners all over the place. Um, but, you know, we all have to move on and, you know, good people sometimes do bad things, I guess is the thesis of the story. Uh, but um, anyway, I enjoyed That's the art. That's why this book exists. You did not. Good people did bad things. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I didn't really care for the story overall. <laughs> it had some interesting points. I did really like the end. Like I just I like Hawkeye. Let me tell you, I would prefer to see Hawkeye and Logan. I think that'd be a great story. Right. But um, this is a fine substitute, I guess. Um, 
So anyway, I enjoyed the art. You didn't. thought the story was kind of ho-hum. I'm going to give Old Man Logan number 33 out of six claws. I'm guessing you're going to go lower. Yeah. How much lower? I'm only going to give it one out of six. One out of six. I'm sorry. The story I'm... did drag on. Six parts was way too many. It is way too many. And I feel like Maestro running off into the woods, all I thought to myself was crap. You know they weren't going to kill him. He's got other thing, other stories to be in. Yeah, but then all I could think of is, let's pick it back up. No, <laughs> no, this story's done. At least for a little bit. <laughs> Please be over forever. I'm hoping Scarlet Samurai is the last, last story of this book, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready to get rid of Old Man Logan. In the middle of Scarlet Samurai, Maestro's gonna appear. <laughs> it's gonna be like Family Guy with a chicken. Right, maybe so. In the middle of an episode. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hey, you're not listening to me. And then they do the little chicken music and then they fight for like five minutes nonstop. Right. And then they get up and go, why were we fighting again? Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. Oh, good rendition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you're dismissed. I'm dismissed. <laughs> you know, you're ready for bed. I'll be there in a little bit. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, you looking? Why you didn't can, I get to read that one? You can if you want. Oh, it's not. Oh. But you can hang out. I mean, or you can go do whatever you want. You can ch- chime in. I'm going to talk next about Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number two. There's an Old Man Logan number two. What? Oh, sorry. Just I cringe now when I hear the words Old Man Logan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number two is written by Declan Shalvey, art by Mike Henderson. Colors by Lee Luffridge. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And the cover is by Shalvey and Belair. And again, the cover is a highlight of the issue. A great cover of Old Man Logan and Deadpool fighting in white space. Falling down with some busted up concrete and rebar. It's just really, really great cover. And this story, um, it's a little better. Um, very violent. Um... And we see Deadpool and Old Man Logan fighting dudes and slicing and dicing. Um, we find out this team is called um, Genform. And they're after this new mutant. But Old Man Logan's not going to let them get her. And so he fights back, but they get away. Deadpool's running after the girl, but she wants nothing to do with him. Um, so we get some Deadpoolisms as. Some bad guys show up. I forgot or didn't know, or maybe Shalvey invented it, that he calls his swords Paul and Oates, which I thought was really funny. Uh, his two katana blades. Um, anyway, he fights some guys. Old Man Logan fights some guys. The bad guys are getting worried that Old Man Logan is loose. Great art. Uh, he, full page of him jumping over two guards. Um we find out this girl's power when she panics is she uh, teleports, but not herself, just objects. And so after Deadpool gives her a uh, Lego mini Deadpool figure to remember him by, uh, she accidentally teleports a big spear through Old Man Logan and a motorbike, a crotch rocket, into Deadpool. Um, then she runs off, and Old Man Logan and Deadpool argue... Uh, someone spray painted Declan sucks on the dumpster. I didn't even catch that till just now. That's really funny. I thought it was blood, but it's spray paint. It says Declan sucks. That's funny. Uh, he doesn't, by the way. Um, anyway, they uh, they bicker some. They fight some more bad guys. They get away. They're gonna track down the girl um, who doesn't want to be tracked down. She tells them again, "I want nothing to do with you," and then she gets captured. And Deadpool and Old Man Logan try to capture, catch back up. They're on a motorbike, and Deadpool's like, faster and furiouser, here I come. But the uh, copter plane shoots them down uh, in a great, great little panel with great colors. Um, shoots them down, and um, they get away with the girls. So, you know, Deadpool says, for the record, that was your fault. And we know they're going to continue to chase after. Um, 
pacing of the story a little bit better. Uh, still not sure. You know, maybe Declan's just not a humor writer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Lots of room for good, serious writers. Um, his Deadpool still comes off a little like, eh. But he does have some better lines in this issue, and just the story progresses a lot better. And Mike Henderson's art with Luffridge's colors, my goodness, this is visually a treat. Very violent. Uh, lots of chopping off heads and arms and stuff like that. And, you know, it says on the cover, not for kids, and it's not, but um, just a beautiful-looking book with the art and the colors and... You know, like I said, Deadpool dialogue was still a little eh for me, but the story overall progressed a little better. So I'm going to give Deadpool versus Old Man Logan number two. I'll go four out of six claws because it's hard to to not rate that art really, really high. <laughs> All right, so some more legacy as uh, Sabretooth appears in Iron Fist number 74. Back to Ed Brisson as the writer. Mike Perkins is the artist. Angie Troy does the colors. VCs Travis Lanham does the letters. And Jeff Decal or Decal does the cover. This cover is pretty great. It's all in red hue. We have Sabretooth and Iron Fist back to back. Crouched in fighting style. Um, crouching tiger hidden dragon. That's funny. Crouching Sabretooth and Iron Fist has a dragon tattoo. He's not the girl with the dragon tattoo though. He's the Iron Fist with the dragon tattoo. Anyway, they beat out some dudes and they're standing over them. Uh, it's just a really, really great looking cover, if I say so myself. Pretty awesome. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, remember, Sabretooth and Iron Fist are teamed up to find out who is in this new Constrictor suit. So Sabretooth actually digs up Constrictor's grave and says, yep, he's still there, dead as a doornail. So whoever's running around is really pissing me off. Then we uh, see Cho Shin is in back in New York. Uh, it's funny. Uh, and he goes, why is New York full of derelict warehouses? He's like, That's a good place to hide. They have some money. Um, they're feeding the rat of 12 plagues. Um, they talk about you know how they're going to Reinvade Kun Woon. They're looking for the book of the Iron Fist, of course. Um, and that's what Constrictor stole. So, we go to the bar with no name. Sabretooth turns out is not welcome there because, you know, he's gone soft. He's Pussycat Sabretooth now. He's on the side of the angels, so he's a traitor to all these criminals. So, this guy's not going to let him in. Um, bruiser. This guy in a green wrestling suit. Uh, Sabretooth's like, all right, hold my jacket a second. Takes the guy out. Three minutes later, they're inside the bar. Iron Fist is kind of undercover. Um, so he talks to some guys. Talks to Tarantula. I love the Tarantula. You know, they talk about how this is a bar full of, like, Z-rate villains. I don't like to think of Tarantula as Z-rate, but, you know, I guess he hasn't been doing much lately. <laughs> so here he is. Anyway, no one really wants to talk to Sabretooth. So that makes him mad. He takes the tarantula out. Uh, Iron Fist starts fighting too. So we have another bar fight. Second one in two issues. Um, tarantula finally spills the beans. There's a guy named Soapy. He was looking for a job. Um, but it wasn't Frank. But he was a constrictor. So, you know, something going on here. Um... So yeah, they decide they're going to figure out where Sophie is. Uh, Constrictor meets Choshin. He ups the price on the book. Choshin is not pleased. Because, so he brings his crew, but Constrictor also has a crew. He has some uh, Serpent Society buddies. We have King Cobra, Viper, Asp, Puff Adder, Boom Swing, and Coach Whip, all part of the Serpent Society. So we're going to have a full on brawl except we're not Choshin says you have no honor he's like this ain't about honor it's about cash and so it says you got 24 hours to come up with the extra scratch we'll be in touch so Sophie turns out works out of a wash interior Sabretooth and Iron Fist find him Sabretooth shoves him into a washing machine 
and get some money from Iron Fist to start it to interrogate. He's like, no, no, you can't do this. It's a really funny scene in the middle of this comic where uh, Sabertooth's at the change machine. He says, you know, he's got Iron Fist dollar bill and says, and keep spinning it back out. I hate these things. And Iron Fist's like, you try putting the bill in the other way? Of course I did. <laughs> it was just really funny. And so Sophie finally comes clean, tells them where to find the constrictor. We go back to Brooklyn, where Cho Shin has brought some allies from his island of, uh, what's it called? Leishai, Loshi, I don't remember. Um, Lushi, yeah. Um, anyway, it turns out he has more support there than he thought, even though he was in prison. So we get a great panel of Iron Fist and Sabertooth jumping across the rooftops in the storm. Very Dark Knight Returns. Um, anyway, um, Sabretooth reminds Iron Fist that, you know, they're not friends. He's just helping him, you know, to figure out what's going on with the Constrictor and to take that guy out. Iron Fist is like, no, no killing, right? And Sabretooth is like, don't boss me around. And of course, Sabretooth hasn't been killing lately, though. And Weapon X, he's edging more towards that side and wanting to kill again. Um, so I guess we'll see. But anyway, Iron Fist is like, so is that a no on the no killing? We go back to the Bronx, where Constrictor, not Constrictor, is like, you know what, we got this book, and the service side is mad. He's like, why did you up the price? We had a good price. We could have just sold the book. He's like, ah, someone else will buy it. But then Iron Fist and Sabretooth show up ready for a fight. He wants the book. Sabretooth wants Constrictor. And then Choshin and his army show up. So we're going to have a big old brawl next issue. Anyway, the art was great. The story was really good. And I enjoyed Sabretooth and Iron Fist. Kind of anti-buddies. Um, I'm going to give Iron Fist number 74 five out of six claws. You know, and I love Dan. But he was kind of saying that he thought maybe that the uh, the Iron Fist legacy story involving Sabretooth is kind of a grab. And maybe it is, but I've been enjoying it nonetheless quite a bit. So anyway, last but not least, the ex-babies are in Moon Girl and Question Mark, because Devil Dinosaur is scratched out. Number 24. And basically the gist, oh wait, uh, written by Brandon Montclair. Art by Natacha Bustos. Colors by Tamara Bambian. Uh, maybe. I don't know if I said that right. But I tried. I don't think it's Bond villain. But I guess it could be Bond villain. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, letter by Travis Lanham. Um, there's another story signed on the dotted line with art. I'm sorry. Yeah, by art by Ray Anthony Height. Uh, the Think Fast artist is Dominique Domo Stanton. Blinds artist is Michael Shelfer. The cover is by Natasha Bustos. And on the cover we have Moon Girl with a big bubble gum dispenser machine. And inside are the X-Babies, Mojo, Ghost Rider, and Daredevil. And basically what happened is in the last episode of Moon Girl, uh, she sent Devil Dinosaur back to his real time. So she's looking for a new sidekick. She gets sucked in through an, a magic envelope to Mojo Inn where she interacts with the ex-babies. Um, fine. Um, but she decides that's not for her. She goes back home. She sees a ghost rider, which is my favorite part about this. We have a ghost rider on like a power wheels and a ghost rider on an old school bicycle with the giant wheel and the little wheel. And we also have a ghost rider on roller skates. Um, anyway, they have a street race that eventually ends, but Moon Girl has disappeared. Then she's going to Matt Murdock. She wants to help have Daredevil help her, maybe, or Daredevil's, you know, going to help. But they fight some hands. Moon Girl figures out a way to beat him, and Daredevil's like, oh, good, I saved you. And she's like, um, actually, why do you think they're after me? They were after you. This is so done. Anyway, we end with uh, Ben Grimm, Ben Grimm and the Human Torch. Maybe gonna team up with Moon Girl. Um, very cutesy. The art's very cartoony, very cutesy. It's not bad. Nothing bad about this book. 
just wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, yeah, just had trouble getting into it. I what I am digging Moon Girl and uh, Secret Warriors. I haven't really read this book as much. Um, and this missing Devil Dinosaur doesn't make me want to jump in because I'm assuming that would be my favorite part if I was reading the series. Um, anyway, some funny parts, some cute parts, but overall this book is really not for me necessarily, though I'm glad it exists. Um, you know, diversity, we got, you know, what the smartest girl in the Marvel Universe is Moon Girl, and that's pretty great. So I like all that. Just didn't really get into this issue in particular. So I'm going to give Moon Girl and Not Devil Dinosaur number 24. Um, oh, it's just kind of there. Is it there enough for three? I don't know. No, I'm going to give it two out of six claws. Sorry. I feel bad. I feel bad. You know, I don't know. just need to connect with my inner early morning Saturday cartoons when I was a kid. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed this more. I just had that very cartoony feel, and this wasn't really what I was necessarily in the mood for. I like my glider fare more in the Hawkeye vein, I guess. But anyway, there you go. So that is an episode. Um... Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Uh, lots of books. Kind of cover the whole spectrum there as far as Wolverine goes. By the way, Wolverine is an ex-baby, in case you're wondering why I talked about that. Um, and he does have some funny interaction. He can call it, what does he do? I guess we should talk about that. Let's talk about that real fast. This is, is the podcast that goes snicked. Um, so she goes to Moon Girl. He goes, I thought you'd be taller. And... Rogue says, don't mind Bub, he's just jealous. I like the idea that Baby Wolverine's name is Bub. I think that's kind of funny. Um, so anyway, thought that was funny. Um, well, so I feel like Wolverine said, or Baby Wolverine says something else, but maybe not. I guess not. So anyway, that's that book. Um, yeah, that's the episode. So, uh, like I said, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had fun. Broad spectrum. Um, yeah, so I don't know what will be next. But until then, uh, please, as usual, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Uh, website with show notes and stuff is SnickCast.Podbean.com. And so until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. And snacked.